Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Accidental Dom, written by Jim Lyon. A favor for a friend leads to a kinky career path. During a weak moment while in between girlfriends, Wendy agrees to become a key holder for a friend to help him indulge his chastity fetish. This seeming innocuous act inadvertently leads to the discovery of her affinity for dominating others and a career as a no-nonsense personal trainer for bottoms and pony girls and boys. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from The Accidental Dom. Chapter 1 It was one of those rambling conversations between friends that can sometimes devolve into injudicious sharing of dark secrets as a result of imbibing a little too much twelve-year-old scotch. Wendy listened patiently as Dave revealed his submissive tendencies, not exactly a news flash, and with considerable hemming and hawing managed to articulate the details of an unusual proposal. She even took the time to consider his request. What would be in this for me? Wendy wanted to know. Dave smiled weakly. Knowing that you're helping a friend? She rolled her eyes. That's all you've got? You want me to help you realize a sexual fantasy you've nurtured for years, and all I get out of it is the knowledge that I'm helping a friend. Doesn't that strike you as a tad inequitable? Dave fidgeted in his chair. Barely audible, he replied, I guess, now that you mention it. This is supposed to be a contract, you know, but it doesn't even have the most basic element of one. Both parties are supposed to receive fair consideration for their contribution. Dave pondered her point. I could pay you, he said finally. No, that would be sorted. In this situation, there needs to be a degree of reciprocity to the exchange. I could do something equally important for you. Okay, but what? It would need to be similar in some respect to what I'd be doing for you. Dave brightened. I'm pretty good at muff diving. Maybe I could do that for you every now and then. Wendy guffawed. She had a humorous, out-of-body sort of moment as she rolled Dave's suggestion around in her mind. In a teasing tone, she responded, Aren't you the kinky one? I didn't realize you were such a perv. I bet you'd like that, servicing your key holder while your dick is locked up indefinitely in a chastity device. Dave smiled sheepishly. Yeah, it feeds into my fantasy, but... You have to admit, this would provide you with something that you need right now. Wendy gave him a knowing look and held his gaze for several seconds. Even though it's incredibly self-serving, not to mention totally over the top, you may be on the right track, considering that I am currently without a main squeeze to take care of my carnal desires. She paused for emphasis. But you'll have to sweeten the deal by agreeing to backdoor service as well. And none of this every now and then shit. On demand. And at least once a week. 
A goofy smile appeared on Dave's face as he savored a mental picture of the submissive scenarios that lay ahead. By the look on your face, it would seem we have an acceptable arrangement. A simple nod was his response. Wendy wagged a finger in his face. And don't forget that I'm a dyke. I've had a lot of experience getting my pussy and ass pleasured, so you better do a good job or the deal's off. Yes, boss. That's the right attitude. Winking playfully, she added, Before I sign anything, I want you to show me your stuff. Get over here and convince me that I should go ahead with this. Dave grinned, then obligingly went to Wendy's side and motioned for her to stand and raise her arms. When she complied, he carefully pulled her T-shirt over her head and off her body, gently tossing it on a chair. Next off was her sports bra, which soon joined the T-shirt. Wendy's naked breasts, staring him in the face, caused Dave to hesitate and take a moment to drink in their beauty. Noticing what he was doing, You may worship them, chastity boy, Wendy said in a mocking, sultry voice. Needing no further encouragement, he tenderly kissed and licked her ample breasts, lingering at the task and losing track of time as he did so. Wendy closed her eyes and enjoyed the touch of someone other than herself, providing her body with pleasure for the first time in many months. Dave was absorbed in his mission, but eventually, reluctantly, tore himself away from his homage to Wendy's teats and continued his journey southward. Kneeling at Wendy's feet, untying her sneakers, Dave experienced a taste of what serving a mistress would be like, shivering slightly while he looked up at her athletic, partially nude body with long auburn hair cascading over her shoulders. With shaking hands, he removed her shoes and socks and stroked her feet tentatively before easing her shorts and panties down so she could step out of them. He bade Wendy to lean over the seat of a chair with her ass sticking up so he would have full access to her erogenous center. Instinctively, Dave knew to start with the less conventional entrance. Wendy twitched when his tongue began to tease the surrounding walls of her pucker, inwardly anticipating the delightful sensations to come. As he knew she would expect, Dave stretched out the foreplay until he sensed Wendy's need grow, then began to insinuate his stiff tongue into her petite orifice with urgency and abandon rewarded for his effort by a shudder and a sigh of pleasure from the recipient of his attentions. Although it had received no direct stimulation, Wendy's pussy was moist from arousal. When Dave augmented his oral pleasuring by reaching around to fondle her clitoris, he found plenty of natural lubricant to aid him. He rolled her engorged appendage between his slippery thumb and forefinger, thus causing Wendy to squirm as exquisitely naughty sensations radiated throughout her loins. The combined stimuli from his mouth and hand accelerated the flow of Wendy's arousal and her impending orgasm. 
she could feel her climax gradually building until it finally exploded with surprising intensity in a glorious, sensual crescendo, after which Wendy's legs turned to gelatin and she collapsed, spent and satisfied, and lay limp on the floor while her body slowly stabilized. It was official. Dave's keyholder contract had been ratified. The fog in her brain slowly lifted as Wendy lay in bed trying to remember if she had made a regrettable hookup the night before. When she finally opened her eyes, she was relieved to see her own bedroom and no signs of anyone having shared her bed. Still, the residual effects of alcohol overindulgence and the telltale afterglow between her legs were unsettling. It wasn't until she was halfway through her first cup of coffee that the curious pact she made with Dave and the subsequent consummation of the terms she negotiated came back to her. And when they did, Wendy couldn't help but laugh at herself and shake her head in amazement. <laughs> well, at least he's pretty good with his tongue, she mused aloud, recalling the delicious orgasm that David induced. Wendy took the commitment to her friends seriously. In order to learn how best to fulfill her end of the contract, she spent some time over the next few days researching enforced chastity, chastity devices and methods, and keyholding. She was amazed at the wealth of information and websites that turned up each time she entered a relevant search term on Google. Unlike Dave, she didn't feel drawn to indulge in this fetish for herself. However, she was beginning to find the idea of controlling someone else's sexuality, male or female, through enforced chastity quite appealing. Given her experience as a personal trainer, it was hardly surprising that the more she learned, the more she favored a long-term and disciplined approach. To her, short-term chastity play was for dilettantes, not serious practitioners. She wondered idly if Dave might one day regret putting her in charge of his sexual freedom, particularly if his lack of success meeting a compatible mistress dragged on very long. Do you have any preference about the method of chastity control we use? Wendy asked Dave when he came by a few days later. That's a good question. I don't think the belt models are very practical. They look cool and all, but hygiene would be problematic for long-term wear. Other than that, I haven't really given it a lot of thought. It's always been a goal that was seemingly out of reach, so it didn't make sense to spend time weighing the pros and cons of each method. Perhaps we should do that now. We can comparison shop online, then make a decision. That is, if you're serious about this? I'm serious, all right. Let's do it. For sheer visual impact, the chastity devices with stainless steel penis tubes were the most impressive. Their sturdy and unyielding designs were incredibly symbolic and imposing, features that stuck with both of them and ultimately influenced their choice. They learned from their research that for maximum security, it was advisable for Dave to get a Prince Albert piercing. That way, his penis could be secured to the tube by a stainless steel ring, eliminating the possibility of cheating or accidental escape. After they ordered a device online, Dave headed to Different Drummer, a nearby piercing parlor. 
inside, by appearances alone, Dave could have mistaken different drummer for a one-person beauty salon. No flashy posters or loud, edgy music, just a professional workspace with all the necessary accoutrements. The owner was a tall, muscular, no-nonsense woman with intense green eyes that seemed to bore right through him as he inquired if she did Prince Albert piercings. Of course, Denise replied. What gauge ring do you want? Dave looked at her blankly, not having a clue about the significance of her question. What would you recommend? he asked cautiously. It really depends on what you'll be doing with it. If you want it just for decoration, ten gauge would be good. But if there will be any kind of pressure applied to it, tugging or pulling, you'll want to go with a bigger size, perhaps eventually as big as double zero gauge. You will have to work up to double zero, though, stretching the opening gradually over a period of time. Dave processed the information Denise provided. Can you show me the different sizes? Those numbers don't register a mental picture for me. Sure, Denise said, and quickly placed on the counter a small display case which held a variety of steel rings all in a row with a size identifier beside each one. While Dave was inspecting the rings, picking some of them up to feel their weight and thickness, Denise positioned a photo album alongside the display and opened it to a page with pictures of all the different size rings attached to a penis. The matter-of-fact, business-like manner in which she did it struck Dave as almost surreal, similar to a doctor making small talk while giving a prostate exam. Its intimidating thickness already had Dave leaning toward the double-zero gauge ring, but seeing one in context in the photo album evoked a sense of surrender that settled it, even if he had to come back to have Denise stretch his opening and switch out the rings a couple times. She took Dave to a curtained-off area of the shop and had him remove his pants and underwear, then jump up on a medical exam table. As he followed her directions, he was overcome by the realization that his long-held fantasy was soon to become a reality. The epitome of efficiency, Denise quickly sterilized the area to be pierced and marked with a felt-tip pen the spots where the needle was to be pushed through. Without fanfare, she announced, This may hurt a bit, just as she was about to skewer the head of his penis with the tool of her craft. Dave embraced the pain that accompanied the procedure, and finally the deed was done. All that remained was for his chastity device to arrive in the mail. Halfway through her second Long Island iced tea, Wendy had a nice buzz going. During a lull in her conversation with Dave, she surveyed the crowd at Club Noir with mellow detachment. The main room was reminiscent of a dinner theater, a large open space with people seated around 25 tables or so facing a proscenium stage. With the exception of an occasional slave choker peeking out from an open shirt collar, there were no outward signs that this was a gathering at a private club catering to femdom enthusiasts. Dave had become a Club Noir member in hopes of finding a simpatico soulmate with whom he could live out his fantasies. Wendy was his guest for the evening, and they were waiting for a special presentation on needleplay to begin. 
She didn't have any particular interest in needleplay, but Dave had asked her to accompany him, and she acquiesced, primarily because she couldn't face being home alone again on a Saturday night. The house lights flickered off and on to signal that the show was about to start. Conversations gradually wound down until finally there was an expectant silence in the room. Several spotlights illuminated the stage suddenly, and a somewhat nondescript woman appeared, leading a diminutive, naked, and completely hairless woman by a leash attached to a large, stainless steel ring protruding from her clitoris. The nude woman's appearance electrified Wendy, immediately triggering strong and familiar stirrings in her southern hemisphere. It was a little distracting. At first, she had difficulty focusing on what the woman leading her was telling the audience, only catching snatches here and there. Mistress Terry, Slave Lily, Masochist Extraordinaire, One Hundred Needles, Breasts, Genitalia. When the needleplay demonstration was underway, Wendy was transfixed as the mistress pushed sterilized needles first through the flesh of Lily's nipples, then through her areolas without eliciting so much as a grimace from her slave. When she was done with the needleplay on her breasts, she concentrated on Lily's genitals, forcing needles through the tender tissue of each labia as well as her clitoris, all without protest from Lily. By the time all the needles were inserted, Lily's breasts and genitals resembled pincushions, albeit ones in which the pins were arranged in symmetrical patterns. To further demonstrate her slave's tolerance for pain, the mistress systematically attached numerous metal weights to the stainless steel rings attached to Lily's nipples, labium, and clitoris, then randomly tugged and slapped them, vigorously, for an extended period of time. Although her face tightened somewhat in concentration, Lily did not cry out or complain. Wendy sighed wistfully when it became clear that the activity on the stage was winding down. We are going to try something different tonight, and we need someone in the audience to help us out, Terry announced when the demonstration was through. Any woman here that is not a sub and who has never topped a bottom, please raise your hand. After parsing the vaguely familiar terms for the meaning of the request, Wendy tentatively raised her hand. The dom scanned the room and finally focused her attention on Wendy. Surely there is more than one person here who meets that criteria. Come on, don't be afraid. This will be fun. Put those hands up there. Several beats passed and no more hands went up. Okay, then. It looks like the lady up front wins by default. Will you please come up here? Lily's mistress asked of Wendy. What she lacked in dynamism with her physical appearance, Terry made up for with her personality. She simultaneously put Wendy at ease and entertained the audience while she pumped Wendy for information about herself and her relationship with Dave. She even plugged Wendy's services as a personal trainer, pointing out her extraordinary level of fitness as a testimonial to her ability. The reason I asked you up here is that Lily and I want to prove that we're not faking her prowess as a pain slut somehow. We want you to whip her as hard as you can for as long as you want. Are you willing to do that? A few gasps could be heard from the spectators. Indeed, Wendy, too, was stunned at the proposal. 
Her rational mind told her to decline, yet her libido had a different take on it. Those warring factors created a dicey quandary, so she gazed into Lily's eyes for guidance before making her decision. It would be my pleasure, Wendy replied, when she was able to get her voice to cooperate. Excellent. Wendy held the flogger that Terry handed her for the better part of a minute, getting a feel for its heft and considering how she was going to proceed. Her entire body tingled with anticipation and arousal. At last, with the grace and strength of an athlete, she sprang into action and delivered a single, powerful blow with the flogger to Lily's center of pleasure. The young slave's eyes rolled back in their sockets, and she gritted her teeth, but she refused to acknowledge the pain vocally. The thrill that coursed through Wendy when the flogger hit home was almost overwhelming. She was instantaneously wet and horny. She sensed that if she continued to work that same spot, she could break Lily's resolve to continue, but she wanted to prolong this experience as much as possible, so she opted instead for inflicting similarly vicious blows to various other parts of Lily's body, pacing herself by administering few yet extremely harsh strokes. Her arousal increased as each lash of the whip landed, fueled in part by the fact that Lily was not even restrained as Wendy punished her body. As usual, Lily relished the leather biting into her flesh, but the intensity was so great that she started to become concerned that a newbie just might best her. Her body was on fire in numerous places, with new hot spots popping up at an alarming rate. She had never been tested like this before. Wendy's strength greatly exceeded that of any dom she had ever had a session with. Fortunately for Lily, Wendy was not bent on defeating her. In a moment of absolute clarity, Wendy realized that she had accidentally discovered her core sexuality. As she engaged in the very first BDSM scene of her life, she began having profound insights into DS dynamics. Ultimately, those revelations prompted Wendy to approach Lily and whisper in her ear, Even though I can, I won't take from you what you hold so dear. Lily's eyes misted slightly, and she smiled appreciatively. Wendy turned to Terry and handed her the flogger. Addressing the audience, she proclaimed, Lily is all she claims to be, a pain slut without equal. Shortly after returning to her table, an attractive, middle-aged woman sat down next to Wendy and introduced herself. That was nothing short of amazing. You obviously have a natural affinity for flogging, Catherine enthused. Thank you. I've always been good at physical things, which is probably why I ended up as a personal trainer. Catherine looked at Wendy appraisingly. Now that you've had a taste of topping, I expect that you'll want to continue doing it. Wendy nodded. That does seem to be my destiny. I imagine that the hardest part will be finding the opportunity. Placing a hand on Wendy's forearm, Catherine suggested, 
If you will allow me to, I can help you with that. I've been a lifestyle dom for nearly 15 years, and I know my way around the leather community pretty well. I can also teach you a few things that might come in handy. Wendy laughed incredulously. <laughs> if I allow you to? Of course I will. When can we start? We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from The Accidental Dom. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.